Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network. I'm host Jason Cooper here with Alex Moreto, Matt Russell, and Todd Cordell here to break down tonight's NHL slate. And we're going to react. Usually we react to the previous night's game, but it was a little thin slate. So we're going to take it in a different direction. Guys, how, did, how are you guys feeling today? How did you guys bets go last night? How are things going? It was a bit rough last night and it really didn't have anything to do with the bets for me because the key number the key total last night was under how many kids came to my front door for trick-or-treating and over how much of the leftover candy i ate last night so i almost didn't make it through the countdown there because i might have just full-on organ failure across the board so a bit of a rough go here this morning but uh, i'm excited to be here to talk some hockey with you guys yeah i'm gonna need a good dentist soon <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Well, I was doing the uh, the primetime show last night. Guys, if you love the NFL, you should check out the Hammer HQ on YouTube. We do a, a live halftime show, and uh, uh, I had people coming and ringing the doorbell. I was freaking out, but luckily it was, wasn't was able to come up on stream. Hopefully no one's ringing the doorbell here today, but let's get into today's, uh, today's topics, guys. Instead of preview or reviewing and looking at what happened last night, there was only three games. We're going to do something a little different here. Uh, I think it's a great idea. We, we got a game of panic or patience. Um, and we're just going to go through a couple teams uh, that we think have been struggling or performing under expectation to start the year, about 10 games into the season. Um, and we're going to see if we should be panicking, with, if they should be in panic or if they should be in uh, a patience mode. So to kick things off, uh, we're going to start with the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues have really been struggling as of late. They lost the Los Angeles Kings last night 5-1. to one. Bennington doesn't seem to be the guy he used to be. They were really hot last year riding that, that third line with a high shooting percentage. Um, Todd, I'm going to start with you and kind of throw you out there for the St. Louis Blues. What do we think? Are we in panic mode for the Blues or are we in patient mode, patient mode for the Blues? Uh, I'm in a little bit of panic mode because, as you mentioned, Jordan Bennington's playing really poorly. And this year they don't have a backup like Vili Huso who can kind of take the ball and run with it if he struggles. Um, so if there's going to be some shooting regression for the Blues or they're just not as deep as they were in the past, um, I don't think they have the goaltending to kind of survive that. Fair yeah, enough. Jordan Bennington only wakes up for the important meetings, right? Like he only <laughs> sort of shows up playoff time and they just, but they got to get there first. And so, you know, I hadn't really paid that much attention to the blues who are a team that I actually liked sort of dark horse Stanley cup outside of the top, you know, kind of 10 on the odds board at the start of the season. And, you know, they still have everything there, theoretically. But then when we started talking about this uh, in, in meeting for this show, you know, I look up at where my ratings would have if I just used this season. And they're like third last, second last in the league. <laughs> that snuck up on me, maybe because they were the last team to actually play a game. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Maybe they just thought they didn't have to play the regular season hockey this year because they were the 32nd team that actually had to play. Um, I mean, you know, if there was ever a reason to panic and I'm usually just, you know, don't panic, don't panic, but like, what are they going to do? Right. I mean, I guess the only other option is get a, a sort of better second option in net that could sort of take over here, but I don't know where you're going to find that because we're sort of too early into the season for anybody to kind of sell off a decent goaltender. So it's sort of like panic, but you kind of just have to ride it out here, which honestly, that's kind of my theme throughout the early parts of the season all the time, but man, the numbers are ugly right now. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, too, when you said, like, Bennington shows up for the important meetings, right? Like, this is a Blues team that is very much a team that is built for the playoffs, I think. Um, it's just a matter of will they make the playoffs, right? Because they're not – they kind of remind me of those Habs teams a few years ago that, like, 
you're not going to have these great regular seasons. But like if you get in, you have the recipe to make a run at least. So like they're that sort of team. But like we're looking at, you know, five straight losses now. Um, Last year, they obviously had a great season, but they drastically outperformed their underlying metrics. Uh, And a lot of that was down to Billy Husso, who had an incredible few stretches that really pushed them through some some rough patches of, uh, you know, performances. And they don't have that this year. They can't lean on that. Their numbers are still pretty bad right now. And Bennington isn't picking up the slack the way, you know, Husso was able to. So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely concerned that they have the goaltending to mask these inefficiencies right now. Uh, for me, it's definitely a panic on the Blues. But it's funny, though, right? Because a lot of it kind of it's all relative. If Colorado, for example, was out to some Colorado and hot start, you'd be like, OK, they're so far behind. But like Colorado, nine games, nine points right now right and then you go down to st louis and it's like eight games six points and when we overreact or or we just react to a lot of these teams this early in the season you know there's going to be another one that we talk about here a little later on that's been featured the last couple of weeks but it's like all you need is to string together like two wins and all of a sudden the standings change drastically because it's so you know early on here so you know again like jordan bennington if it wasn't for the fact that he kind of again, phoned in the regular season last year, I wouldn't be really all that panicked. And again, the numbers are so shaky that they are literally, I was just looking it up, they're tied for third worst with the Blue Jackets this season. Like, you don't want to be in the Blue Jackets zone. You don't want to go full Blue Jackets, right? (laughs) You don't want to be the Blues Jackets at this point. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, again, part of it is you have to kind of look up and go, like, where is Colorado? Because the idea is, in theory, to, like, let's just be better than them you know, try to pull that off. And if Colorado is going to be only kind of mediocre and their numbers aren't any great either to start this season, then at least you, you kind of have, you're buying yourself some time there or Colorado is in effect buying the blues some time here to get it together. But Colorado has the priors to lean on and be like, okay, this is why I don't trust the numbers currently to like this. Is, it's not a fair representation totally. of the team, right? Whereas the blues did don't have that. They didn't have that last year, but like they were able to mask that by just getting this like insane stretches of goaltending from Huso. So that's why like, it's a little bit more concerning to see them start slow oh, yeah. than a team like the Avs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And on to another team who's kind of in a similar situation who last year looked really good was again, riding an incredible on ice shooting percentage with the Nashville predators. That first line with Duchesne, Duchesne looked like a completely, it looked like the past Duchesne that we saw in, in Ottawa and, and uh, Colorado. But um, I, I don't know if UC Soros is he hasn't playing as good as we expect him. Like some people thought he had the potential to win the Vesna this year. Are we as concerned about them as we are the blues? Same question, guys, panic or patience, Matt, let's start with you. So again, all things relative, right? Like what was yeah. our expectation? My expectation was slightly above average right now. The metrics that I deem important are about slightly above average. And you know, Soros is, he's awake for all the meetings essentially, right? Like this is a guy who has been really good in the regular seasons past. You don't have that sort of attitude of like i've already won a stanley cup like i don't have to kind of show up until april blah 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 right and you know just sort of touching you know one last second there on the blues is like you know biddington kind of got away with it last year right where they're like yeah we're not going to we're not going to take your you know you're not your job's not going to go away here you know billy huso kind of gave it back to him in the playoffs so it's sort mm-hmm. of like a negative reinforcement positive reinforcement i don't forget how that all works uh, but with soros it's like yeah he we know that he's going to be good or at least we think he's still going to be good over the course of the regular season the metrics are way better for nashville than they are for st louis they're way better for a lot of teams than they are for st louis right now so 
again, I'm not expecting them. I wasn't thinking that they might have a chance to like compete for the division or this, that, or whatever. Like, I think it's probably a team that kind of just barely makes the playoffs, sort of the way we've seen with the Predators over the last few years. So if that's the bar, they can absolutely reach that bar. Like, that's fine. Yeah, Saros has made something of a habit of heating up as the season wears on too. Like, he's not a stranger to slow starts. Um, so I think I'm a bit more of, you know, on the patience scale with the with the Predators. Um, the offense, the offense has been sputtering though. It is a small sample. Um, the one thing I'd be slightly panicking about is that this is a team that was supposed to take a step forward this year based on the moves they made in the offseason. So, like, if you expected them to take that next step, maybe you can be panicking a little bit, but. In general, I think they'll be fine, kind of right on par with what they were last season, which was a playoff team that, you know, they, they didn't necessarily compete with Colorado, but like they had their they had their moments in that series. Um, and another reason I think I'm not panicking here is just how a lot of the teams around them in the central have looked like the Blues who we talked about. They look worse. The Wild are struggling. I'm not sure what the fix for them is in net. Um, you know, the Stars are a team I'm pretty high on overall and they, they've, you know, generally performed to expectations. But I think the central looks a lot more negotiable than we thought it was coming into the season. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah, I, I think I, I, I'd echo that sentiment. Keep patience with the Blues. Or sorry, with the with the Preds. Um, speaking of blue and white, and I have my head thinking about the blue and white all the time, the Toronto Maple Leafs, another team that we're going to get into, panic or patience. Um, their start seems to look a lot like last year. But if you dig deeper, the underlying metrics aren't really there to support that this team could get better. Uh, Alex, I know you love talking about the Leafs. So why don't you take us, take us through this one? Yeah, so... I was a panic on the Blues, patience on the Predators. I think I come somewhere in the middle with the Leafs. Um, I'm patience if we're talking about being worried that like they're in danger of missing the playoffs or this is not a good hockey team. Like then I'm a full, you know, full patience. Like this is obviously not uh, a bad hockey team. This is a good hockey team that will still make the playoffs. But I am a bit of a panic if we're talking about them as like legitimate cup contenders because I think there are some serious flaws on this team that will hold them back from taking that step that everyone's been waiting for them to take. Um, the forward depth is one of them, uh, at least the scoring depth up front. You know, that was a bit of an issue last year, and it's gotten even worse this year. So that's nowhere close to where I think it needs to be to win in this league. Um, it's not something you can rebuild during the season either. Goaltending probably isn't where it has to be. Obviously, like one of Murray or Samsonov can get hot, but like to have to rely on that is tough. And then there's obviously you have your concerns on the back end with, you know, Muzzin's injury kind of forcing uh, – Paul into an everyday role. Brody's declining play. Um, can you rely on Giordano? So I think there are some some issues there. They're going to keep them from taking that next step. But overall, like this is a playoff team that I think will still easily finish top three in the Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. And aren't we just like spinning around the same carousel over and over and over with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh yeah. Like if the if the if you want to put the panic button into play here, it's organizationally. Right. It's the concerns about, you know, the way this team was built and the general manager and all that sort of thing. So if you're hitting the panic button, like, what are you doing? You're firing the coach. Right. And it's like, we're just going to do that every single time and just go around and around and around the carousel. Like, okay, like if you want to, but like, it's still fundamentally the same guys who, when we get around to April or, you know, God forbid they actually made it to May, like are still going to kind of like, you know, flame out. Now, you know, people are talking about, again, it's all about the bar. They were un right underneath Colorado for like the second choice, basically. And it's like, can you imagine a different circumstance between Colorado, who's like slowly build their way up, you know, like, oh, had, you know, in the second round all the time, but couldn't quite break through. And then, of course, win the Stanley Cup to this team that just like always loses in the first round. And it's like, so what is the bar? If you want to keep putting the bar at Stanley Cup, 
then like, yeah, go ahead, panic, start firing people, like do start trading guys, which they're never going to do. They're not going to trade tax. But yeah, but and, and, but that's the point, right? And it's like, yeah. so what are we even talking about with with regards to that? Like from a panic standpoint, yeah, the metrics aren't very good right now. Short, you know, again, short sample size, the like California road trip, always kind of like sketchy, all of that sort of stuff. It's like, we're just, you know, we're just going around the carousel. So just ride it out. Like we'll, we'll reevaluate this later on. It isn't a situation where, listen, St. Louis has a lot of stuff that they need to do, but like in theory, they might just need to get another goaltender in there. Like that's not what this is for Toronto. They don't have any room to get another goaltender in there. And by the way, like Matt Murray was just never going to be an option a reliable option in the first place. That's why that was so funny when they signed him, in, you know, back then. So like, yeah, okay, let's just keep going around in a circle if we want here, panic, patience, whatever. But like, unfortunately, any panic button you have isn't going to work. You have to take patience here. And of course, that's not exactly what the Toronto market's known for. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like it's, it feels like the same thing every year. Like always put 10 games in, let's push the panic button, fire everyone, uh, dismantle the core. And then every year, this team just seems to, I don't know. They see they, they seem to do well and then flare out in the playoffs. It's just it's clockwork. It's painful. But they still haven't, they still haven't made clockwork. those changes, right? They still like it's the same thing every year, but no changes are ever made. And they'll yeah, get just, hot, and Matthews yep. will get his fifty, and everybody yep. will be able to like high five about fifty goal season, and then like we'll just redo the same thing over and over and over again. So like exactly, what it's is not- the bar? What is panic? What is patience? It's just all nothing at this point. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just always, I always have this pit in my stomach whenever I talk about the Leafs being a Leafs fan. <laughs> but anyways, on to tonight's game, what everyone uh, is kind of looking for. We're going to recap or, or preview two or three games before, and then we're going to get into some best bets of the night. And if you're watching on Twitter, guys, come check us out on YouTube. You can interact with us live. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, we can a- answer them live. If you're tweeting at us on Twitter, we just can't see it right now. So uh, if you're on Twitter, come check us out on YouTube. You can find us. Um, in the description of uh, the Edgework show on Twitter, our link tree is there. Our YouTube is there. Hit the subscribe button. So to start off uh, our, our games uh, t- tonight, we have the Devils versus the Canucks. Um, Quinn Hughes has uh, been out for the last couple of games. Uh, Brock Besser is looking to be a game time decision. He's also been out for the last couple of games. He looks like he's leaning more towards not playing than playing. Um, Jack Hughes and the Devils been on a hot streak. They just beat Columbus 7-1. to one. Todd, I know you're a big Devils fan. What's uh, what's your view on tonight's game? Uh, I played the Devils yesterday at plus 100. I believe they're minus 120, minus 125 now, which is more the range I think it should be. But I still would have a small edge on the Devils. Um, by pretty much every metric, they've been the best 5 or 5 team in the league. Um, they're finally getting some competent goaltending right now, so they're just kind of steamrolling everybody. Um, I do think the Canucks are, are starting to play better. And obviously getting Quinn Hughes back is huge, but I still think um, the Devils have too much depth, too much team speed, and I think they can cause the Canucks um, decent problems because outside of Hughes, they still don't really have any puck movers. Um, So I think this is going to be really like a Demko game. If he plays really well, I think the Canucks can win. If he's kind of the guy we've seen so far, I think the Devils will probably um, pick up a multi-goal victory. Nice. And... uh... Sorry, go ahead, Alex. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like that's that's the thing that at this price, I think, you know, it's pretty fair. Um, and Demko heating up is the one thing that would definitely keep me off. The Devils here, because obviously like, you know, Devils have got good goaltending in the last few games, but again, small sample. So it's hard to like sort of lean on that or rely on that. Um, you also have to wonder how sustainable this start is for the Devils. Uh, if Quinn Hughes is in and like somehow the Devils take more money, this gets to like, 
plus 115 or so on like the, on on the uh, Canucks, then like maybe you consider a play there. But I think, yeah, I think the line is pretty good where it's at here. Yeah, I would need Besser and Hughes to be back. And even then, I would probably need something closer to plus 120. The Devils before the season, right? They're lined at 91 and a half points. That is dead nuts even, right? Like that is the definition of an average team. And when I start pumping in that my numbers for my overall ratings now, now that we're in sort of the 10 to 15% range here with regards to you know games played so far in the season, and we're taking a little off of the priors, the Devils, of course, because we all know like they're now all of a sudden the greatest team in the history of hockey <laughs> from a metric standpoint, just like through the roof type stuff here with, with a, a change uh, towards the positive where they all of a sudden become sort of 13% above average and so there's a minus 112 minus 113 out there on the devils i think that's playable i agree with you uh todd the fair price here is probably minus 125 plus 125 um so anything sort of under minus 115 if you can find it is certainly worth a play on the devils uh we'll see what happens with with hughes and besser you know sort of taken a little bit off of um, you know, the win probability, obviously, when they were out, and we're sort of putting a little bit of that back on here, thinking that they might be back. But even still, I think this is a, you know, there's a better, better chance the Devils, you know, stay hot here than the Canucks all of a sudden, who, you know, red hot Canucks who won back to back games. And again, look at the standings, <laughs> right? All of a sudden, like they're within shouting distance of, you know, some of the teams ahead of them, and it doesn't look all that bad. But it might look, uh, it might look kind of rough to hear tonight against the Devils. And Ethan Bear making his debut tonight, too, I think, for the Canucks. Massive, massive, massive. <laughs> big bear fan hey (laughs) (laughs) all right well on to the next game we have the Habs uh against the Minnesota Wild Wild have looked awful to start the year around 50% expected goal share 50% Corsi share that's not like them that's not like the Wild that we've seen of past years they're going up against Montreal Montreal was closed at like a minus sorry excuse me plus 210 underdog in their last game got up to plus 240 uh they ended up winning five to two uh is this is this a, a play we're going to make again? Like, are we looking at the Montreal Canadiens? They're sitting at plus 214 right now. Alex, do you think that's uh, something we should be looking at? I don't have a play on this game. Um, <clears throat> I do think that these are two teams that are interested to talk about right now, though. Like, they're both experienced very different starts to the season. So look, you have the Wild, who are struggling to generate offense like they did last year. Defensively, they've had a rough go at it. Their expected goals against numbers aren't as bad as their actual goals against numbers, but they're just not getting the goaltending right now. I'm not sure what the fix is there. Um, until we see this start to rectify itself, I'm not sure how we can be paying these prices uh, on the wild. Like they're just a bad team to bet on right now, considering how they're being priced. And then conversely, you have the Canadians that are actually a very good team to bet on right now with how they're being priced. So their priors are obviously being heavily weighed into their market price here. Um, but if you look at how they performed under St. Louis, this is a much better team than they're kind of being credited for. Still not a good team but definitely not a bad team either. So there will be a lot of opportunities, I think, to back them at long prices uh, before the market catches up. Like Allen and Montembeau are providing good goaltending, which was definitely an area of concern coming into the season. Their very young blue line has held up quite well, actually. Like Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, these guys have played very good hockey. Um, Obviously, they're not getting the market respect, though, considering the small sample sizes. So I think that there will be time before we sort of catch up to to the Habs here. And then you look at them up front, like this is a very deep team um you can say that maybe they don't have the superstars up front but like Caulfield and Suzuki are point per game players under St. Louis right and then you have guys like Monaghan Dvorak Anderson Slapkowski Gallagher like these guys are adding in some secondary scoring so I'm not really in a rush to bet this game itself but I think it's something to bear in mind going forward that 
the Wild are a good team to bet against right now, while the Habs are a good team to bet on for the time being. And this is a good game for me to stay away from because I have this game lined pretty much accurately, right? Mm-hmm. Which doesn't do me any good if I'm dying to bet on the, the yeah. Canadians and the, and the Wild tonight. But it sort of allows me to look back and be like, yeah, okay, I was you know, pretty correct in seeing value on Sunday when I bet on, what was it, uh, Chicago? It was a shootout. Yeah, Chicago yeah. and Minnesota. Um, and, you know, they go to a shootout, right? And I'm sitting there with, you know, plus 170 or whatever. And it's like, you know, how did I get here losing another shootout with a plus 170? You know, what else is new? And then even before that, right, like fading Minnesota uh, in their prior game where they lost uh, in Detroit, I believe it was, right? And so you go, okay, like, I've got a pretty good handle right now on this Minnesota team. And I also now have a pretty good handle on this Montreal team from a rating standpoint. And so it just kind of confirms like, yeah, you've got this kind of figured out. Then maybe next time when I see value on or against Montreal or on or against the wild, that at least I kind of have this kind of, you know, home base here from a rating standpoint. Yeah. And I just want to say, I think it's a kind of gross matchup for Minnesota. Um, They'll probably control the run of play, but Montreal is one of those teams that they'll, They'll get hemmed in a little bit, and then they'll get a transition opportunity from the big guns, and they'll put it in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And with Minnesota not getting any saves, I just I don't want to get involved in that. Like it strikes me as the kind of thing where you check the box score and the shots are thirty to sixteen, and it's two two, and you're like, why am I doing this? So I'm just I'm <laughs> yeah. not paying I'm not paying it, that price to do that. That's that's hundred percent what will happen. Yeah, it sets up nice, and that's what you want from your plus two hundred and change underdogs, right? Unfortunately, yeah. I'm going to need something like plus two fifty. And of course, we're looking kind of in the plus 200, plus 210 range. So a little bit out of my price range. And that's why the Habs are kind of a good team to bet on right now, because mm-hmm. last year it was the same thing, but they weren't getting that scoring. Like under Ducharme, it was just not happening. Like they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't take those chances. Their high danger chances were still pretty low. And like now under St. Louis, they've kind of gone through this transition where suddenly they're burying these opportunities. They're putting them in the back of the net and they're getting that secondary scoring. So, you know, it becomes a lot more of an attractive team to back at these prices. That's a good note moving forward. Don't weigh too heavily on on preseason priors. That kind of gets us into our next game, the Bruins and Pens. We talked about the Bruins the last two weeks on this show, on the Tuesday show. We like the Bruins here. Uh, I think Matt was saying last week that it seems like the betting market is focusing too much, like like Montreal, on those preseason priors. I think those preseason priors kind of expected a lot of their injuries not to be settled this soon in the season. But Marshawn's back. They're looking great. They're, I believe they're first in the NHL, but again, one or two losses can change that. Um, the Bruins are an underdog, though, heading into Pittsburgh. Um, Matt, what do you think about them? So I think the market is kind of caught up, right? And that's the thing. When Marshawn comes back and he scores two goals, it's like everybody kind of wakes up and goes like, oh, you know, Bruins are back. Obviously, Krejci's still out. And I look at this, and Pittsburgh just lost four straight, I believe it was, on their road trip. And they had a couple of days off. They come home here. They've got this you know, kind of a high profile game here against the Bruins. I imagine this is on some sort of national uh, network uh, south of the border. I get it like Carter out, Latang questionable, not ideal. But right now I still, and I think this is, you know, maybe that's why I show value on Pittsburgh at like a minus 112 is around this part. So I think the market, again, doesn't take long, right? Market catches up on Boston and, and sort of rates them fairly. And then obviously Pittsburgh kind of gets a bit of a, a bump down here, having lost four straight on the road there. Now they come home, you know, you want to spin a narrative, you can kind of do that. But from a value standpoint, I think Pittsburgh has the short favorite here. That's, you know, honestly, that's my best bet for the night. Wow. Oh, All right. 
That's my best right. bet too. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm looking at prices right now and it is being steamed currently. And I'm trying to get in on this here too. Uh, you know, so yeah, just give me a second. Yeah, <laughs> I'm closer right. to a play on Pittsburgh as well. Obviously Boston has played great and they're starting to get healthier. Um, but Pittsburgh still ranks eighth in the NHL in high danger chance share at five is five. They've honestly played pretty well, especially better than the results would suggest of late. And I just like, they're a veteran team. Mike Sullivan coaches them really well. I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to step in and think they're going to lose five in a row at home. I mean, anything could happen, but I, I don't. Yeah, want to and they were missing that. Gensel for a few games yeah. too, right? So, yeah. and now, so that's being priced in here and their numbers were still good without him. And he's yeah. back here. Yeah, that Pittsburgh team is always under Mike Sullivan, being able to put up strong underlying numbers. All right, that wraps up our games of the night. We're going to get into our best bets and best prop bets. Before we do, guys, if you're watching on Twitter, come check us out on YouTube. Again, you can interact with us. Hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified every time we go live. We do these shows every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So get your daily dose of uh, NHL betting action here on the Hammer Betting Network. All right, guys, let's get into our best prop bets of the night slash long shot bets. Um, Todd, let's start with you. Um, my best prop bet would be Alex Debrinkat over three and a half shots. I believe I got minus 105 or minus 110 this morning. Um, he's shooting the puck a ton right now. He's hit the over in six of his eight games so far. Um, with Josh Norris out, he's double shifting on the power play. So over the last three games, he's played six more minutes on the power play than anyone else on Ottawa. So he's the primary shooter on like PP1 and PP2, so to speak. So um, like he's taking a ton of shots right now. He's getting a ton of opportunity on the power play. And the Lightning actually have the worst PK metrics in the league right now. So if the Brinkhead's going to be on the ice for pretty much the entire power play every time Ottawa gets a man advantage, I'm happy to take the over on him. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, looking like the best price on the board is around plus 110. You can, if you're in Canada, you can get that, or sorry, Ontario, you can get that at North Star Bets. Um, Matt, uh, not really a prop bet for us today, more of a long shot, but what's what's your uh, best long shot, I guess, of the night? Uh, so we got a couple here because, you know, you know want to spread it around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Chicago plus 170. We hit it last week uh, on the Tuesday night show. Uh, and, you know, like I said, they were in the shootout on Sunday uh, as an underdog team. I, you know, interested in backing because their games do get a little bit crazy. That's been the case for the last couple of years. So plus 170. And then the other one, I'm so close right now to a Seattle Kraken plus two. <laughs> I know everybody loves it. Uh, I, I would like uh, plus 215, but if you're going to give me plus 210, I mean, at least we got a lot of runway here up until the game here. Uh, Seattle team, again, they pull off occasional victories against some pretty decent teams, right? Like the Sabres have certainly been a capable team. And of course, the Kraken beat them uh, earlier last week. So there's a couple of, you know, two there that I think, you know, if one comes in, then we're absolutely fine uh, with, with what happens. So Chicago and, and Seattle, separate bets, uh, both big time underdogs. Love it. And uh, Seattle right now, plus 211 at Pinnacle and Chicago plus 175 at Betway. This is all if you're in Ontario. And guys, quickly, if you're looking to bet on these games, use the BetStamp uh, bet app or find it on the on on your browser at thebetstamp.app. You can line shop for uh, the best price in your market. And why, why pay $100 and win 170 when you can win 175? It's simple, guys. So Sorry, sorry for that quick little plug, Alex. Let's uh, let's get on to your best uh, prop of the night. Um, I am going with Rasmus Anderson over a half power play points at plus two six five at bet three six five. Um, dug deep for this one. Not much of a uh, not a big prop better, but uh, 
like the spot here. Um, the handicap is pretty simple. The Kraken are 30th in the NHL on the penalty kill. The Flames are top 10 on the power play. Uh, Anderson quarterbacks the top unit. He has four power play points in seven games, which is second on the team, but he is not being priced accordingly, in my opinion. Um, Kadri is plus 130 to get a power play point. He's had five power play points, one more than Anderson. Huberto's had the same amount. He's plus 125. Uh, Lindholm only got two. He's plus 190. So getting plus 265 with the guy who's quarterback in that power play, I think is a good look. For sure. All you need is for him to get a little assist and you're, you're good to go there. All right. Well, that was our best player props. All right. Let's get into our best bets of the night. Um, Alex, let's start with you for our best bets. This is extremely anticlimactic because I am on the pens, which I said before, that is my best bet. Um, probably up to like, I mean, I guess I'll have to say up to like 120 now, considering where the prices are. Um, you know, there's a minus 109 out there. There's a minus 115, a couple minus 115. So yeah, let's say minus 115 on the pens. Um, just for the reasons we stated before, I think that they're, the market's caught up to Boston, um, I think if this game was being priced two weeks ago, we're going to see the pens like minus 125, 130 at least. So, oh, at least. Yeah, yeah. And with Gensel back here, you know, like Todd said too, well-coached team under Sullivan. The pens are my best bet tonight. Love it. Matt, what do you got for, for our best bet? Uh, I'll shift. Uh, if Pittsburgh wins, we're, let the record show that Pittsburgh was my best bet. If they <laughs> lose, then we're going to turn our attention to... Listen, maybe Washington, maybe the Capitals just stink. Like that's entirely possible. The, the metrics certainly suggest that that might be the case. And yes, they are on a back-to-back. But this is the first time Vegas has actually had to really travel anywhere all season long. Their road games are Calgary, you know, quick flight north, Seattle, and San Jose. Really quick flights from Vegas. This is the start of their road trip here. Uh, little, you know, you might be concerned. Okay, Washington's not starting Kemper. They're starting your boy Chaz Lindgren. Uh, He's plus 2.99 in two games in the expected goals uh, cat- or expected saves category. So, like, we're getting plus 135, 140 on a home underdog here who, again, like, hasn't been that great. But, again, this is a different setup for this Vegas team where they've had it pretty cushy for the start of this season, which I think has helped them out a little bit. Again, I don't necessarily think that this they're going to just be all of a sudden bad because they have to go, because they've actually had to fly somewhere uh, of, of any distance. But the price here for Vegas is, is too much for me to pass up. I'm showing a decent value here on the Capitals. So, um, yeah, if Pittsburgh doesn't necessarily come through, we're going to pretend like Washington was my best bet, unless, of course, Washington gets blown out too, in which case, well, may I might not be back here on Tuesday. <laughs> All right, well, best price on the board right now, plus 147 at Sports Interaction. All right, our last best bet of the night. Todd, take it away. Let's hear it. I got the Florida Panthers, minus one and a half. Um, even without Aaron Ekblad, they've been rolling teams at five as five. They're fifth in the league in high danger chance uh, percentage. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes are an absolute disaster. They're dead last. Uh, their high danger chance percentage is only 30%, which is just mind-numbing. Bad. Like, honestly, <laughs> if it was 10% higher, it would still be absolutely, like, god-awful. Yeah. Um, both their goaltenders are negative and goals saved above expected. So like Florida's going to dominate this game. And if Arizona's not going to get saves, I don't think it's going to be close. So I built in about a 6% win probability drop because Ekblad's out right over the course of, you know, whatever it's been a couple of weeks now. And so when, you know, I populate my numbers and then all of a sudden there's a 6% edge on Arizona. I'm like, Oh, sweet God. I don't want to bet on Arizona <laughs> because literally you met, as you mentioned it, Todd, like it is a horror show. 
right? They're rating, they're literally 50% worse than an average team, according to like my metrics. Like, it, like it's mind numbing. So I'm like, I don't really want to bet Arizona, but it's like, how did I get to this point? And it's literally like because of that 6% on Ekblad. But like the metrics don't show that the Panthers are any worse without uh, Ekblad. And the market doesn't seem to think that they're any worse without Ekblad. So like, why should I start building in 6% you know, win probability drops because Ekblad's out? Like what, you know, Todd, what, what's your explanation for the fact that like Ekblad could be out and not only is everybody like, yeah, that's fine. But like the numbers, you know, show that it's fine. Like how is somebody that good just kind of not matter that much? Or is it just kind of small sample size? I think it might, well, it might be small sample size, but also it's just the forwards are so good. Like they have so many good dominant two-way forwards like Barkov and Chuck that maybe mm. they can just help mask it better than most teams would be able to. Because I'm with you. When Ekblad went out, I was like, oh, the defense on paper was kind of shit to begin with for like a good team. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to matter. They just dominate. Everywhere. Like Ottawa's numbers are really good this year. And the other day they got like 50 or 55 shots against them or something. Just dominated. So Florida's for real, it seems. Yeah, it just goes to show, right? Like guys can, you know, it's hard to price when somebody's out, you know, because sometimes it might just not matter, right? And hopefully that's the case for Pittsburgh if Latang doesn't play tonight. But yeah, that's what makes this so difficult, man. Like somebody is theoretically as important as Eggblatt doesn't really, you know, ring true, yeah. at least for now. And you know what they say, the best defense is good offense, right? I think I think that's Very the quote, true. maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, no, um, all right, guys, that wraps up, wraps up our best bets of the night. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're still here on YouTube, guys, give us a subscribe. You'll be notified every time we go live. Um, and that that's it for today, guys. Uh, I'm signing off for Alex J. Moretto at Alex J. Moretto on Twitter. Matt Russell at M. Russ Authentic on Twitter. Todd Cordell at Todd Cordell on Twitter. I'm Jason Cooper, guys. Thank you so much for watching today and uh, good luck with your bets tonight.